it's time for school days. Hope for moms and dads of school-aged kids. I tell parents, you're like a training wheel on a bike. Your job isn't to make the bike move. Your job is to keep the bike upright. Those of us who are the true educators, we really want to be given the opportunity to educate the whole child. Sometimes we make decisions with our kids on how we think our kids are going to feel in the first 10 minutes versus thinking about 10 months or 10 years. Oftentimes, as parents, I think we want to protect our kids, but I think one of the greatest gifts we can give them is allowing them to experience that person. Yeah. Here are your hosts. David and Danita Bailey. Well, good evening and welcome to School Days, Help for Moms and Dads of School Age Kids. I'm Danita Bailey. And I'm David Bailey. Kids and teens spend between six to nine hours on digital technology a day, exposing themselves and your family to potentially malicious content and people. Today, we've invited cybersecurity and risk strategist, Dr. Laura Jones, to share tips to help kids keep safe, online from digital dangers that lurk inside our screens that sounded pretty ominous huh digital dangers that lurk inside our screens (laughs) (laughs) so this is how we roll on the show here so dave yes i gotta ask you so you've been a teacher for 11 years now 12 12 okay so for 12 years and i know that you've you've the schools put up barriers and walls and security and things like that. Are they able to get around no. those things? Oh, the kids. Oh, yeah, it's easy. So I remember um, I won't name districts. <laughs> Please so don't I won't, do that. I won't put them on blast. <laughs> However, uh, I remember there were some firewalls. I couldn't play like a basic YouTube video for one of my math lessons. I was uh, trying to play. I was trying to get in, and I was like, I can't, guys, I'm sorry, just can't get in. Uh, the network won't let me in. The kid said, get out the way, Mr. Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> I got this. <laughs> they clicked a couple of things, and there you go. How did you? They said, don't, don't worry about that, Mr. Bailey. Just, I got it. I'm like, what? And then a couple of times when they would, like, what are you watching? Like, how are you watching Resident Evil on the <gasps> network system? They're like, they're like, oh, sorry, Mr. Bailey. Or last year, um, well, in, uh, in last year, other years, I've had uh, different computers in my room, and and uh, I had to get a little more crafty with them. So um, I found out about a software that I could literally monitor what they're doing on their computers while they're doing it if it's not what i, I told them to do and so what, like you can see their screens yeah or... literally i could see everyone's screen it simultaneously it's called <laughs> land school um i didn't know we had it and i found out that we, i put in requests and they said oh we already have that i was like oh okay so they put it on my computer and and then uh i said hey guys do this assignment and then i look up and um they weren't <laughs> they're watching some youtube video or tiktok video or something and i'm like busted <laughs> bam and i could type on their screen stop oh, what no, you're doing oh like yeah big brother oh, I was all, oh yeah i was all up in the business yeah wow. and i could type what and and i said i will screenshot this and send it to your mama <laughs> and but then they found ways to get around that too so uh-uh yeah oh, yeah they're very <laughs> they're very good very crafty dj our 12 year old who's sitting over here mm. he 
We won't even go into any stories. But he is like 12 steps ahead of us at all times. Yes. We think, oh, oh, I got you now. He's like, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I just create three more candles. Don't laugh. Yeah, he's laughing a little too hard over here. Right. Anyway, yeah. So it's, um, so. So it, they're able to, could they like watch nasty things? and? Oh, yeah. I mean. I well, say I mean, what it is. Yeah. I mean, well, not just the battle of the network, because they have their phones. Oh, okay. Yeah, they bring their phones up in school, and, and depending upon what network they're on, they can get up there and watch whatever they want. I, I can't block their phones. They could be watching a whole show while you're teaching. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And and now in the Zoom world, real quick, I'm sitting teaching. I can see all my kids at home, and they're sitting up there. I see kids, they're just smiling and looking off to, like, the <laughs> right. And I'm teaching about something that's not funny, and they're just... <laughs> And they're muted, so I'm like, what are you doing? Hello? And they're just giggling away and just laughing. I'm like, hello, what are you doing? Oh, 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 so really. So, um, and now the kids are at home, and now they have all of these temptations, and parents are gone, and away at work, and kids are left to their own vices, and uh, vices and devices. That's what I was going to say, devices. Uh, bam, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, we need some help. Right. Which is why we're doing this show. So, yes. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well. Let's let's move on to the show because um, I really want to know what uh, Dr. Laura has to say here. So before we go any further, though, let me just say it does take a village. If you hear a great parenting tip or nugget of advice, share it with your parent friends. Facebook it, Instagram it, tweet it, link it in, and add the hashtag School Days Show and hashtag I Am School Days. And also, we do want you to be a part of the show. So if you have any questions or comments, give us a call at 214-444-5575. Or if you're live with us here on Facebook, you can drop us a question there and we'll do our very best to get to you. So without further ado, uh, our kid caster today is Kaylin Alley, and she's a ninth grader and she's going to introduce our guest today. Dr. Laura Jones is a recognized risk strategist with a professional background in both risk management and quality systems management. She currently serves as Director of Governance, Risk and Compliance with Hearst and the Office of Information Security. She also serves as Kimberly Clark's Corporation's Senior IT Risk Manager. Prior to these roles, Dr. Jones spent a decade as management consultant providing risk and quality management support to client organizations such as the Pentagon, Department of Defense, Department of the Army, and Department of the Treasury. She spent 20 years of active duty service in the U.S. Army. Dr. Jones earned a Ph.D. in product management from Capital Technology University, master's degree in quality systems management, and undergraduate degree in management studies. Dr. Jones enjoys speaking internationally about the art and science of risk management. In her spare time, she authors children's books to share real-world cybersecurity and IT concepts through her kid-friendly characters, Cyber Kai and Techie Guy. Welcome to School Days, Dr. Jones. Oh, thank you so much, Caitlin. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> You're we welcome. <laughs> 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 well, we are so glad you're here because, you know, as we were saying in the intro there, we are on the struggle bus too, along with um, many parents right now. So okay, we I'm, need... I'm sorry, I have to... Uh, interject for just one second. Huh. I also saw somewhere in your resume you had a stint at Carnegie Mellon University. 
Oh, yes. Uh, so I did some executive education there, um, chief risk officer course, and I uh, teach now there as well. I'm adjunct for uh, those uh, senior professionals who are going through the course to become chief, chief risk officers. Awesome. Well, coach. Pittsburgh in the house. I'm a university. Yeah. I'm a University of Pittsburgh alum. So okay. I was your neighbor and actually one of my former co-workers from there is just came on staff at Carnegie Mellon. So just some oh, Pittsburgh, nice. Pittsburgh love. I just had to. Oh, absolutely. Okay. It's an awesome town, too. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. All right. All right. You may proceed, dear. Nice. So my, I really want to know, when, when do we start discussing online safety with our kids? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I was listening to you and David, Danita, uh, in the opening there. And really what you guys were saying is that kids are tech savvy today. Mm -hmm. You know, we had to grow into technology. I know I did. I had to grow into technology. Um, I was introduced to with to computers at I was really an adult pretty much at that point, a young adult. Kids now, they're introduced to technology right away. So they're so unafraid of it and they just expect to use it. So for us to help meet that expectation, we need to introduce technology to them uh, as soon as they're ready, as soon as we feel you as the parent feels they're appropriately ready. Now, we're already handing our cell phones over to the kids. They're watching movies <laughs> and, you know, and so forth. Uh, they're gaming and, and, you know, the older kids are on social media. They're all pretty much virtual in school. So they've been sort of, uh, I won't say forced, but they, they've, they've been introduced to technology already. So what I think we as parents and adults should do is sort of reintroduce the technology in a way that it's safe, it's fun, it's friendly, but it's also uh, keeping them safe and keeping our network secure. So I would say at the earliest age where they're able to absorb concepts. And I wanna add that, you know, the thing about kids, we will really believe without a doubt that kids can grasp very complex concepts. Uh, we know they can play instruments very early on. They can learn sports. They can uh, learn dance techniques. And we want, I mean, we want to start them early because we believe the earlier we start, the more of a chance they'll have to be you know, excellent in these areas. And, and to some degree, you know, football, basketball, and so forth, dance. We hope that our kids grow up and really pursue some of these activities, maybe as careers. So we start early. So if we believe that they can grasp those concepts, why don't we really believe they can grasp the concept of safety and online security? Now, I mean, introduce concepts that are appropriate, but it's time to introduce them. As soon as we put those devices in their hands, right. To be following up with them to make sure that they understand the rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna. I feel like some parents don't have a clue <laughs> what is even out there. I've had students say, "Mr. Billy, have you checked out this site before?" Like, what in the world is that? Like, oh yeah, <laughs> and and so I'm like, oh Lord, have mercy. And so, um, so how how do we how do parents even get hip to even what, like, how can I say this? We don't even know what we don't know. We don't right. even know to know what we don't know that we don't know, you know? Right. I'll, I'll tell on myself real quick. Well, it's probably both of us, but DJ, gosh, remember he was, would always watch trains mm -hmm. when he was, what, 
in before kindergarten even he would just spend hours watching trains on youtube and he there was some video and it was all fake but it was like this little girl got run over got hit by a train and he showed it to me and mm. i felt like okay well that's a really good parent fail um because i had no idea that you know he was innocently just watching trains and there's a lot of people that have um malicious intent um out there although that you know that was really just probably entertainment but anyway so I'll let you answer. <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's good discussion uh, because that's how it happens. And we don't know what we don't know. And it's, it's unfortunate, but things are evolving all the time. It's fortunate that we're progressing as societies, but it's unfortunate that people don't always use their powers for good, right? right? And so we're always kind of a few steps behind trying to catch up, even in the cyber world, um, because it's constantly evolving and, and you have people with tremendous uh, experience in these areas and just the innovation uh, that's there. I would say for parents to kind of, you know, it, it, it's just like the physical world. We're talking cyber world now, but it's like the physical world. Be aware of where your children are mm. virtually. Mm. Where are they? What chat rooms are they in? Who are they talking to? Who are they? Who have they aligned themselves to? You mentioned uh, the website, Danita. Uh, I'll mention another one. Uh, this person does not exist.com. Uh, that's what, one that, that, that I like to share. Yeah, check that out. This person does not exist.com. And it'll show you nothing but face after face after face that looks to be absolutely human could be your neighbor could be your family member but it's all artificial intelligence you cannot tell the difference what and so absolutely absolutely and so if there these faces are recreated these are not real people they're 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 simulations uh, made up by artificial intelligence and so when we tell our kids things like be careful oh mom i've seen his face it's just a kid i heard oh, their Lord. voice oh. Okay, so then the voice thing, look at the website, uh, search for deep fakes, deep fakes, and you'll see where voices have been overlaid. It is just really almost like um, sort of lip syncing conceptually, um, but it looks to be very, very, very believable. Very, it's almost scary because when you watch these videos, you come to understand that this type of technology can really, uh, how much it can really hurt and trick our kids. Mm. And, and, and so while they're thinking, and you know, kids, they, they're, they're very smart, they're very savvy, but they always think they're a little smarter than they mm -hmm. are, right? We went through mm -hmm. it as well. Um, we, we knew what was best as kids until we <laughs> found out otherwise. But, you know, these sorts of technologies are out there and these predators are picking up on a lot of these uh, these sort of emerging technologies and using them in uh, in ways that it's trickery. It's it's really trickery. It's very deceitful. You know, they have uh, malintent, um, malicious uh, intentions. And so. These are some of the things that they use to get at our children. They can create the face. And, you know, they don't even have to create faces anymore. They have avatars, mm. right? Everybody wants the cool avatars. So you don't even really have to present yourself. Uh, and so, but this is some of the, these are some of the things I would like parents, you know, to know about as well to kind of, to, to, to kind of help their children along. Hmm. My son is taking a coding class and the first like three weeks, 
is just about digital citizens citizenship and yes. safety online and things like that and yes. one of the things that they talked about because he's he's doing virtual learning so i'm also in school <laughs> i'm also a seventh okay. grader um but one of the things they talked about was a digital footprint so what is that that's right. Well, a digital footprint is really essentially um, it's it's the residual or the residue of any online activity. So any posts, any text messages, anything that's done in cyberspace will forever live on. People say, oh, I posted. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. I'll just delete real quick. Well, maybe nobody saw it. Too and maybe late. you've deleted it, but it is still there. Mm -hmm. So that digital footprint, it, it's, it's really that online activity. It's, it's, it's the browsing history. Even if you go dark and use the incognito, those activities are still traceable. Oh yeah, very much so. It's still traceable. So kids, parents, <laughs> you know, using these, it, it helps. It's not as apparent or as, as, as obvious as if you just log right on. You do get another layer of sort of um, uh, uh, invisibility, if you will, but it's, it's still a digital footprint and it is still very much traceable pictures that are posted online. So, you know, I just uh, tagging people in photos, especially our, you know, we're posting our kids because we're so proud of them. They're so cute. Uh, we can we can take the photos down, but there will be images out there. It's kind of like breadcrumbs, right? <laughs> um, and and from the storybooks, and and so you can uh, intentionally drop the breadcrumbs to leave a trail, or you can unintentionally they can fall out of your pocket and leave a trail. Either way, the trail's been left, mm -hmm. and so that's how data is. And data's the new gold now. And so we have to be very very careful about our online presence, especially when it comes you know to our children. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a digital footprint. In essence, it's that activities that's left behind. I can okay. hear. I got to ask a question before okay. we move on, but um, I can hear somebody listening to the podcast saying, "What is incognito?" <laughs> Oh, okay. Incognito <laughs> is um, when you're covert or you go sort of undercovers. If you think about a spy, right, uh, an image of a spy versus a person just walking openly, coat, hat, just strolling through the day versus that ominous figure that has his hat down low and the cloak. And, you know, it's it's that um, that private. It's, it's more than private. It's more than secure. It's sort of the spy kind of uh, and I don't want to give the wrong impression when I use the word spy. I just mean that it's not as open, out in the open. It's supposed to provide you with sort of a shield where people can't see your activity as, as they could if you just openly logged on. Uh, so it provides this, this shield for you where your activities, your search histories, all that you do, the websites you visit, um, they are not supposed to be as visible. And they really aren't. Mm -hmm. But if the right person has the right tools and, you know, enough time and opportunity, they can figure out where you've been. Right. Yeah. Everything's traceable online. So this kind of leads to another question that I think about as well is uh, exposure to viruses. You know, there mm -hmm. are links and apps and or, you know, they say, hey, click here if you want to check out this new whatever. And, and kids right. like, oh, yeah, let me check this. And then ear, you know, and then <laughs> it just, you know, it, it can attack. We, we've had viruses attack our computers before and our devices. Um, I remember my, my, my work computer DJ was at, was with me after school one day and he was just getting on to what he thought was one of his you know, math sites. And it just shut down my whole computer. Um, 
are are there signs we can be looking for to determine um, safe sites and right that, that sites? right that are credible ones to click on to um, for downloading? Um, I know, like sometimes I'll get a warning. I'll get a warning on my uh, iPad. I'll say, ah, 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 don't go there. We're not sure about this one. That's uh, good. But um, what are things that parents can do to kind of be aware of what kids should be? know looking for or what they should be looking for before they start downloading stuff yeah that that's right so the first step is to of course be on a, a safe site um a, by a safe site i mean if it's a very young person using a kid friendly site versus uh, uh just a very open site or accessible to all um that doesn't have those protections wrapped around it that should help some uh, nothing is foolproof out here in the cyber world. Nothing is foolproof. But, you know, just because someone's out breaking into the neighborhood homes doesn't mean we're not going to lock our front door, right? We're going to, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely going to do what we can. But what I will say, there are a few things to check for and to, uh, you know, to communicate, to talk with your kids about when you log on to a website, before you enter any data, any personal information, any financial information, uh, and so forth, any sensitive information, uploading, downloading, make sure that you look up in the space bar where the web address is, the URL, uh, where the URL or the web address is, and you'll see that little lock. You should see that little lock. Mm -hmm. Make sure you see the little lock mm -hmm. um, and make sure the little lock is closed because if the little lock is not closed, then it's still open. Right. What does it mean uh, when the it's open? The other thing, I'm sorry. What is? It? I've never seen it open. What does it mean when it's open? That it's not secure. It, it's just like a physical lock. The cyber world very much mirrors the physical world in a lot of ways. And it's just like if we had a lock hanging on a locker and it's still open, it's 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 open. For all intents and purposes, we may as well take the lock on. So if 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 someone wanted to put a site up. Uh, uh, a cyber criminal or a cyber attacker, perpetrator, bad guy, bad actor, lots of names. Um, they could easy, anybody can stand up a website. Uh, and so these are sort of the things you, you would look for. Um, if, if they haven't bought, I would say, or implemented the right security features, then some of that would be apparent. It would say that it's not a secure site. Um, so that would be helpful to make sure you see the lock, you see the lock that it's closed. You also, uh, if you're not using one of those very shortened versions of web addresses, um, that you do see the S in, in HTTP. Hmm. So it's HTTPS, and that wow. S stands for secure, Who meaning knew? it's a secure site, Uh huh. <laughs> meaning that it is a secure site. Now, here's the thing about all of this, and I'll reiterate again and again and again, you know, we're, we're going to lock our front door, we're going to put our alarms on, we're going to do all this due diligence to make sure that we're as safe as possible. But, you know, if someone has enough time and opportunity, they're going to get in, right? So we, we, these are just some of the things, you know, that we would look for to make sure that we're at least starting off right. If a, so I say all that to say that if an attacker wanted to stand up a site and put all that, you know, up there where it looks like it's a legitimate site, that could happen. That, that could happen. But with us just wanting to make sure that we're using legitimate sites, these are some of the signs that we would look for. Uh, also, anything that seems very sort of um, 
urgent. Um, click now, click here, mm. um, you know, big flashing. You've won. I, I didn't sign up for anything. So I don't really think I like I the won. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't feel lucky. I don't know. But but no, I didn't win. And, and because I didn't <laughs> sign up, I'm okay to just disregard this message because a lot of times those are loaded with malware. And so mm. malware is really going to be for the most part where a cyber attacker has um, has 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 gotten his hands on or has developed some malicious code, and as soon as you click, it could then infiltrate your network, and then it kind of goes through your network, and it can do a few different things. Like David talked about his network being shut down. That could be sort of a denial of service attack, a DOS attack. Um, now the big thing is ransomware. Just before we got on the call, someone uh, texted me. Uh, on, on, on this uh, engagement, someone texts me and says, hey, have you heard about X, Y, and Z company? They just got hit with ransomware. Um, that could happen at home too. That could happen at school, using school devices. What What is ransomware? It, again, it mirrors the physical world when someone takes something or someone hostage and you have to pay a ransom. If, if someone were to click on a malicious link and that code gets executed onto the network, then all of the files, all of that good information, uh, becomes encrypted. And what that means is oh, it's Lord. scrambled. You can't read it. And um, and so unless you pay the ransom that's being asked or you work something out with the person who, the perpetrator, um, then uh, for them to release your files and your information, then it's not, um, you, you, you're not going to be able to use your network. They, they like to go after hospitals because it has that good yeah. sensitive information. I saw that on so, Grey's Anatomy once. <laughs> Right. Okay. Yeah. It's true. It's, a whole it's real, so, wouldn't it? It's on crazy. It's got to right. be real. Right. So, so just be cautious in looking at looking for legitimate sites. Um, it's it is very hard to tell, but just just know that use your instincts. If 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 the hair kind of stands up on the back of your neck and you think you know something's wrong, something seems off. It probably is off. Uh, a child may not have, you know, that sort of level of discernment, right. but, you know, just try to share what, you know, the parents to share what they know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. So when a child receives a device, how should parents set it up so that they know that their kids are going to be safe when they're surfing? Yeah, a couple of different things. One, I would say, look to see if the, de the device comes with a default password. A default password, you get them with printers, with gaming devices, with routers, all sorts of things, lots of things that devices that connect to the internet. And these default passwords are just passwords that the manufacturer provides right in the box uh, with the device, the equipment to help you get connected to the internet. The issue is those are meant to be very, very temporary and they are meant to be changed. If you don't change them, you could be at serious risk of being hacked, uh, being exploited. Why? Because a lot of these default passwords are already on the internet. They're listed by the manufacturer mm -hmm. with the type of device that they belong to. So mm -hmm. as a convenience to the customer, right? In case so, you forget yours. I'm sorry. In case you forget it and you need to reset yeah, it. Yeah, in case you forget it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you, you need it again. So, you know, it's it's out there. Um, so that's one thing is once you get connected, change the password immediately to something unique uh, that you can remember. Um, the other thing I would say is th those parental controls. These devices come with a lot of controls. Even some of them are time-based. You can you know, set the time limit of how long the child can be on the device. 
um, just basic ground rules, talking to the child. It's, mm-hmm. it's just like at work, what, what works best with employees, it's training. Same thing with children, talking to them, training, um, and using those good parental controls to make sure that security features are enabled. And to tell them, if you've set it up a certain way within the settings, not talking about the games, but with the with the settings, to make sure that they don't change that without checking with you. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would I would mention as well is a lot of times to get to these games online, they need unless they're getting those cards, uh, you're giving them those those cards to buy the games and coins, um, your credit cards in there. And so, you know, that's more less of a security. It, it, it can be a security risk eventually, um, but it's more of a financial risk up front. And if that gaming device is, ch- is shared with another child and your information is exposed, then, you know, it, it could become a, a huge risk for you as well. So those are just a, a couple of things that, you know, I would, would throw out there just to make sure that uh, the parents are, are setting these devices up uh, properly. You mentioned and that. Then co- just, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, just one last thing, Danita. And just be sure to also follow the manufacturer's instructions uh, because configuration is, is really key. It's like with anything else, if we were to set up a piece of equipment or a piece of furniture and we didn't set it up the way it was supposed to be, then we're at risk of it not working properly, falling apart. In this case, with devices or anything that's connected to the internet, we need to keep that good configuration that the manufacturer wants us to have, that baseline, bottom level, foundational um, sort of um, configuration so that we are protected. And then we start moving inward to the cyber portion because we have to have the good physical security in order to have the good cyber security. Sorry. No, sorry. No, that's that's good. That's a good tip. Those are good tips. Um, you mentioned a couple things I want to follow up on. Password, making passwords. So what are best practices for creating effective passwords? Because <laughs> yeah. I, I actually got hacked and um, I have a friend who is a computer programmer and I had to tell him what my password was because it was in the email that was sent to me. It said, your password is blah, blah, blah. And he said, first of all, that is a terrible password. <laughs> And I had been using it for everything for years. So what are good practices for doing that? Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that, Danita, but that's not a good practice. (laughs) No. Because we've all done it. We're all guilty of it. We Mm -hmm. find something that works and we stick with it, right? Mm -hmm. We're creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just easy to remember when we use it across multiple systems. But I'll say this, a couple of different things about passwords. You want to have a password that's at least eight characters long. Uh, You want to have um, letters, number combination. If the password uh, parameters will allow it, you want to have some some special character. You also want to use upper and lower case. Um, You know, for example, upper lower case winter 2021 is not a good password. It's it's guessable. It's easily crackable because a lot of um, perpetrators will use software and just run simulations all day long. It's like knocking on doors all day long to oh. see which one will open. So you want to make sure that you have a password, as we call it, that's not easily guessable. So at least eight 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 length uh, characters in length, upper lower uh, case letters, numbers. Uh, letters. And uh, as well, you know, I always use this phrase to when I uh, think about passwords, it's 
make it make sense with nonsense. Make mm. it make sense with nonsense. So it needs to make sense to you so you'll remember it. Right. But it needs to be non-logical so that a computer wouldn't pick it up right away or nor would someone who has time and opportunity with, with a device sit down and be able to, uh, to guess it. So past phrases are good. Um, so use a passphrase, um, something that, you know, is, is not very familiar, birthdays, uh, what have you. You might you might write happy um, whatever day, but it's something and it's written very weird. I will say that or very uniquely. I will say that a lot of perpetrators already know a lot of passwords are going to end in exclamation point. They already know that we're going to substitute E's for threes or threes for E's. Oh. They know we're going to substitute um, ones for L's and vice versa. So just be aware of that and just try to make it as unique as possible where you can remember it. The other thing that I would offer is do not use it across multiple systems. We're all guilty, um, but please do not do that, especially where you have banking information, where sensitive information is stored. That's called credential stuffing when a hacker or cyber attacker will get one password and they have access to multiple accounts or they know of multiple areas that you have set up, they'll it's credential stuffing. They can do a one and done. So it's one password, done. Uh, that's called credential stuffing. So please don't do that. Change your password um, frequently. Try to use different ones across different systems to the extent that you can remember them. You know, maybe you add another character to your password and, and, you know, during your rotations or what have you, where they're similar, but they're not the same. So I'm 45 now. <laughs> so remembering these things is difficult. I know there are things called like Passkeeper apps yes. and things like that. Are yes. those safe? No, I don't. I don't use them. It didn't, doesn't right. make sense to me to do to put all my passwords in an app. But or, or like Norton or something like you know, those types of things. Oh, because they remember your passwords. Yeah. Oh, okay. So are are those things safe to use? They're known to be safe. Mm, okay. I don't. I don't use them. I, I prefer. <laughs> Thanks. I, I, I just. You know, I heard they're safe. <laughs> I just don't I just don't like to give my passwords to something that already sits online. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're if you're in the Bitcoin world, cryptocurrency, which I am, um, if you buy Bitcoin, you know, you can think about storing and having a wallet. They call it a cold, a, a, a hot wallet or a warm wallet and storing things online. And, you know, that's prime opportunity for someone to hack you or hack that application uh, versus a cold wallet or cold storage, which is completely offline. Um, not a real risk there that someone's gonna just get your password until you go back to the internet. So everything happens on the internet. That connectivity um, is really what presents the opportunity. So no, I, I don't use them, but they are known to be relatively safe is what I, you know, what I know of them. You well, know what? People, if the cybersecurity expert says not to use it, I'm thinking maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. It's totally up to you. I'm not here to put anybody out of business as far as their <laughs> applications. But what I will say is do your research and see if it's for you. 
Um, and, and I hear you, Danita, I, I got you by about 10 years. So, you know, I, I hear you <laughs> with, with, with the memory and all of that. Um, but it's just for me, I would rather take the risk of having to reset my password if I don't remember it um, or write it down, which not anywhere that's visible, but in maybe a locked place somewhere in your home where, you know, if people don't encourage you to write down passwords, I know. But if it's in the privacy of your home, if it's safe, it's secure, maybe you have a location that you can go to to retrieve that password. For me, that's better than storing it online. Yeah. Yeah, I think we need to stop the show right here. I'm just feeling so Are you convicted. overwhelmed? Yeah, uh, no, convicted. Oh, convicted. Like, yeah. yeah, we're just doing, doing everything wrong. wrong. We're doing everything wrong. Well, don't say what we're doing wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, don't give away what you're doing wrong. <laughs> now, specifically, like, what the problem okay. <laughs> we're, we're back. Oh, here. yeah, this is like, oh, oh yeah, Bailey's <laughs> suckers. We gotta get you tonight. All about it. Yeah, um, you, I know this is I need to hate when I get off the script, but what's a cookie? Oh, and, no, no, seriously, because they because when you get on the pages, it's a good asking, question. It's a good question. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So a cookie is just really something that's going to track your activity. It's like back to the digital footprint and the breadcrumbs. That's going to help enable uh, that ability to track uh, what you're doing. And a lot of companies like to use cookies. And, you know, you see where you have to accept them now. All the time. On their site. You know, for marketing purposes, for data gathering purposes, it's for their pretty much for their own purposes. But, you know, they do tell you it's going to help you because they're going to know uh, what you're looking for. And through artificial intelligence and such, they're going to be able to cut your, you know, browsing time down and make things easy for you. So the next time you come or the next time you're just, you, you come back online or, you know, you uh, go to another website, you'll start seeing advertisements for the stuff that you were just looking for. Mm. Is it okay to accept the cookies i mean should, should we should we <laughs> do i want the cookies i i it's a personal choice i try i don't accept them when i absolutely don't have of course to. you don't <laughs> i'm a risk manager right. I, you know that's yeah so for me i don't unless unless i really need to get onto a site and they're asking me to accept their cookies and they won't let me go any further then if I can't use an alternative site that one has what I need, then then I have no choice. It's, you know, it's kind of the world we're being driven to. Um, but no, I don't by and large just accept cookies all over the place. Um, you know, that, that information is stored and it's stored somewhere. And then you have to ask yourself, who put this site up? I mean, who really put this site up and mm. who is keeping this data and where is that information going and yeah. for what purpose? How long are they going to keep it? What are they doing with it? So, you know, I, I have questions, so I'd rather not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We are, Dave, on question number five. So like, uh, I know. We're, we're really I know. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to ask another question. Yes. I'm sorry. Okay. It's just, it's just the floodgates are opening now. I, oh, I just can't help Lord. myself. Um, <laughs> Another one I want to buy is all these terms of service. So you, you go to a new site and you, know, you have to agree with our terms of service. And you just, and I don't know anybody who reads them. I've tried to read one or two of them. And it's just all this legal jargon. And it's like eight scrolls long. And it's like, <sighs> does it matter? It's like, okay, if you click on this, you're going to have to give us your firstborn child. I mean, it is it worth looking at or should we just 
click it and move on so we can get to what we want. That was also a good question. Thank you. Thank Welcome. you. She thinks I'm crazy because I don't yeah. I scout the script sometimes. Yeah, well, yeah, well, well, that's, you know, where the terms and conditions reside. That's where we're going to find out a lot of things that um, we would want to know about or maybe even wouldn't want to know about if we were going to use their services anyways. Um, mm. But yeah, the, it is worth taking, you know, taking a, a peruse through to see what is there um, because it will it, it should tell you how your information will be used possibly how long it will be retained. Uh, some of those things you would have questions about. It is, it's typically a lot of legalese, so it is hard to kind of filter through it and it's very long. Um, so when it comes to things like downloading apps and you wanna understand the T's and the terms and conditions, T's and C's of what's going on, you might even go to the one of the app stores and just kind of read what they have to say about it and then go through and maybe even read some of the reviews. Uh, and see what people are saying about it. And for me, it's it's not that I'm gonna make a decision based on every sort of review that I read or, or the summary of the reviews, but they do help because they will call your attention to certain things mm. that may not work for you. And you may not uh, be aware of it. It may not be something that's uh, communicated uh, with, within that uh, area where they're discussing what the app is used, the purpose of the app and what it's used for. But people in their reviews will give you, you know, very good insight. So it's worth it to at least look at some of those reviews, see what kind of stars it has, um, and look at some of those one stars and two stars and see what people are saying uh, and see if that's a legitimate concern for you. But I would say, yes, it is worth it to look at those terms and conditions and privacy statements. All right. Just tell us everything you do and we'll just do it. Right, basically, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk us, offline. Yeah, I'll just put yeah, all that yeah. stuff online. Just give us a one sheet. <laughs> one sheet, exactly. <laughs> um, what apps do you recommend that we put on devices to protect our kids? Either their phones or their tablets, computers, whatever. Yeah, yeah. so aside from using that good configuration that I spoke uh, spoke of, I would say uh, good antivirus to protect you from the basic malwares, unless something new and innovative has come along, you should be pretty much okay. Um, especially where some of these subscriptions will offer updates to keep you uh, current with sort of the trending threats of the day. Um, so it's the antivirus, it's any firewall protections that you can uh, put in place. Uh, that will also help to put that block up, that gate, that firewall, so that people can't, you know, or, or, or the malicious activity can't just get through to you. Um, so that's like dropping a steel curtain uh, until something new and innovative uh, comes along. Um, I would say those are really the two, the, the two big ones. And then you would start going to your privacy settings to make sure that you have that tweaked and adjusted the way that you need it to be. Um, when you talk about things like social media or some of these um, sites that are very public facing, you want to have privacy in place. Unless you're a business and you really just want everyone to be able to uh, just kind of walk right into the virtual borders of your store, so to speak, um, you will you 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 will maybe not want to make it private, but you're still going to want to tweak your privacy settings because you can't just you know leave the shop open. Um, so I think it would also depend on the device and what it offers or the site and what sort of uh, 
controls and settings that are offered, it's not the same. So, you know, it's difficult to just say what all of the uh, apps and sort of things you should put in place. It's really going to depend on what's available. Mm-hmm. And then it depends on what's your goal. And it depends on um, the types of protections you want to wrap around whatever you're doing online. Well, because I have downloaded so many different parental uh, apps to my kids' devices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of them I've liked, some of them I haven't. Yeah. Um, Microsoft has a pretty good p- parental control that they can get mm-hmm. around. There's so many things that they're able to get around. Yeah, that's true. Well, Bark is a good one. Uh, B-A-R-K, Bark, you probably know about that. But mm-hmm. for the parents out there that don't, uh, Bark is a good app to take a look at and consider. Uh, it will help you track your child or monitor your child's online activity. Um, it's sort of so that's helpful because it also looks at websites and and again that digital footprint. So it'll really kind of give you good insight into what they're doing. Uh, um, there's another one, uh, the Pocket uh, is it Pocket Guardian. Pocket Guardian. Mm-hmm. That's another uh, really good one, especially I would say for teens. Uh, you know, things are happening younger and younger out there in the cyber world, unfortunately, but definitely for teens, um, it will alert you to sort of uh, or protect the child from sexting mm-hmm. um, a bit on cyberbullying. Um, it'll pick up on keywords. So uh, Pocket Guardian is one that would be very helpful as well. You know what I like about Bark is that it will go through my kids' emails and alert me and say there was an email that was sent or received that has violence in it Mm -hmm. or, you know, specific Mm -hmm. things that Mm -hmm. I don't know if I set them up or if they just automatically set them up, but specific things. And most of them, you know, that uh, sometimes the settings are too high because it's like, oh, okay, well, that actually wasn't violent. They weren't saying, you know, (laughs) bullying or anything like that. But um, I do like Bark for that reason because I can just go in and check and see, oh, okay, that email was fine. Yeah, and that's good. And, and and that's actually perfect. Even if the settings are tweaked a little bit high, you know, a lot of corporations use that too with their social media offices, if you will, and they'll have the keywords set as alerts for when they're being discussed on social media and they'll keep it tweaked a bit high so that someone is, can monitor that and go in and see what's being said to see if they kind of need to do damage control or what needs to be done. So I think that's great. All right. So uh, what, what should parents communicate to kids about digital friendships and um, you know, the people that they know online or you know, they get involved in these gaming communities and they're you know fighting together in Fortnite or racing or you know whatever it is they're doing? Um, people that they only know online, right? Yeah, like they've never, uh, or sometimes maybe even some of them know because pe- different parents have different parameters and different values mm-hmm. about, you know, what, Right. You know what we allow our kids to do versus another parent's kids. So, what what are your um, insights on that? Yeah, that's right. There are different tolerance levels for uh, what parents will allow their children to do. But I would say that, generally speaking, the message is we're in a virtual world now. We get it. Um, especially being quarantined and so forth. And a lot of friendships will be made online. Mm-hmm. People will be introduced to people in you know, social settings and so forth, and friendships can develop. I would say to let the child and children know, we get it. 
We get it and we understand the world is evolving, but we do need you to be careful because there are a lot of risks. There are a lot of threats. Uh, the numbers are increasing, um, you know, with, uh, with, with the, um, with, with, I guess, the, the, the sexual predators, uh, with uh, kids being kidnapped. Um, it's, you know, it's all of that. It's, it's the sex trafficking. You know, it, we have uh, ample reason to be concerned and to talk to our children. Uh, again, it goes back to, to help the conversation. It goes back to those couple of websites I showed you or told you about this person does not exist.com and deep fakes. That'll at least raise an aha in them versus them being able to sort of push back and say, oh, they're fine. They're kids. Right. They're just like me. I heard their voice, mom. I saw their picture, dad. Um, well, here's what else I need you to, to kind of think about. Um, and and also to to just 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 open up a safe space if they don't have that already in terms of a relationship if they don't have that um, with a parent where they would come to the parent naturally i would say for me i would say things in passing you know just hey if you're experiencing anything online if you see something you don't like if you're uncomfortable please come talk to me that's all i want to say mm -hmm. you know and then maybe if Unfortunately, if something were to happen, then they would be triggered then to say, you know what, let me let me run this by mom, let me run this by dad, let me run this by both, you know, and, and so you've created that safe space and let them know that it is okay to come talk to you. I think that communication channel and that open line of communications is very important. Um, but it's, I think those are the messages that we get it, it's going to happen, but we need you to be very careful for some very serious reasons. And here's something we can show you in terms of technology that's going to support what we're saying. It's not just us nagging you and saying the same things over and over and over again. Um, it doesn't hurt to find a different messenger, if you will, to kind of even reiterate the things that you've been saying. Because mm -hmm. uh, sometimes, you know, we, we, we went through it. I know I did. You know, sometimes you have to hear it in a different way from someone else to really get it. Yeah. You know, I was doing a little research for the show and this really kind of struck fear in my heart. I don't have teenagers now yet. Really? Next year? What, in a month? month and a half month and a half i'll have a teenager but nobody has their own phone but what i thought about was um i think it's called geo tracking or when you tag your photos mm -hmm. and what happens if you take a picture and you you know it it's you've got that tracking on your phone can you talk a little bit about or on your picture that you post oh absolutely typically and you're absolutely right danita that typically uh pictures that are online, they have those tag features already built in. You can't see it. You may not ever know, but they're there. Um, when you get devices, especially when your children have devices uh, and they're using them, turn the geo location, the tracker off. Um, just, just go ahead and turn it off if you don't need it. I get it. If you need it while they're using it, fine, enable it, but then disable it. Don't keep it on all the time. Uh, because it, you know, it's giving off those signals and, and who needs to be tracked? Why do the kids need to be tracked? Now, I will say, if God forbid something uh, were to happen that's super unfortunate, then it could actually work in the child's favor, right? Mm, right. And so we talked to them about how this could actually help. So they know how to turn it on, turn it off. But for the most part, just turn it off because it is a tracking mechanism and no one needs to track our children like that 
except us, right. <laughs> you know, the, the parent, the guardian, right? Um, so that that is what I would offer is um, that yes, there are they are embedded in pictures, not all of them, but a lot of them, they're embedded in pictures that are online. Um, when you do get devices, turn off the 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 uh, the tracker, the geo, um, the, the actual word escapes me, but the geolocator, and that's good enough, the, the <laughs> geolocator, um, to turn it off and then, you know, enable it only really when you need to. It's just like Bluetooth devices, kind of the same thing. And, and while I'm thinking about that, I'll just insert this here. Um, for Bluetooth devices, if you have them in the car, your kid is um, playing games and you're ready to go into the store or something and you know like you're just put that under the seat or put it in uh, somewhere put it out of sight if you don't shut that bluetooth off you could easily be picked that that signal could be picked up and people can go online for less than fifty dollars and get these bluetooth trackers and they can literally walk the parking lot and get hits on whose whose device is radiating those uh, Bluetooth signals. And so, you know, especially around Christmas time, and I know we just went through that period, but at any time, uh, um, and they can just oh. do the smash and grab because they know your device is in the car. Wow. Oh. And the thing about that, though, is <laughs> we can replace devices quite easily. They've gotten cheaper and cheaper, less expensive. PS5s, right? But but they've gotten less <laughs> expensive, right? But it's not the device as much as it is the data in the device. Right. Again, yeah. data and information, personal data, um, uh, 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 health information, financial information, personal sensitive information. That's the new gold. Yeah. And, and for me, what struck me was, you know, you've got a teenager who's either checking in on a social media app or they're posting a selfie at the movie. So now we know where she is, right. uh, whether or not exactly. she checked in, you don't even have to check in, but you know where she, you, somebody could find her and go that's get right. her. That's, oh, absolutely. That's absolutely. Thing. And, and that, that's, you know, that, that's scary. It's not just problematic. It's scary because Again, you're, you're, you're talking about the stalkers, you're talking about the predators, you're talking about cyber bullies who want to take it further and, and meet up in person and, and become physical. Um, so it, it, it is a very scary thing. And so it can be helpful, but you know, that's the thing about a lot of devices. They, 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 old, they ask for too much permission and too much access. And so that's where it does back to David's question. It becomes important to kind of read through as much as possible to see what we're giving away. Uh, a lot of times you have to agree to access to your camera. Do you really need access to my camera for me to use your application? If the answer is, is no, then if I really want to use your app, I'm just going to turn off the camera. And hopefully that's good enough. But what we should know is that uh, cyber attackers can very easily, many of them know how very easily to remote into your device and turn your camera on. And so while you're walking around with your camera going about your day, they're seeing what you're seeing. Just by, you know, I'll just mention it. Don't take your camera into the bathroom. Um, but I'm, I'm, and I mean that, and I mean that I, I'm not being crass. Just be cognizant of where you take uh, your, your phone and other devices that can have cameras on them, on them, because you, if you give away too much permission, too much access, some of these um, applications want access to all of your emails, 
why do you need access to all of my emails for me to do this other thing? It's way too many permissions that we're giving away. Um, so just be aware of, of that as well. Oh, if you I knew this episode my, was going to mess me up. Yeah, if you could just see, we're just, we're going to call this just, just the stanky face episode. We're just, our faces are just, <laughs> we're like, oh, we're like, no, oh. you will not call this episode stanky faces. <laughs> we're like, oh, we're like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> There's so much. There's so we, much. We we can go with cyber stinks or something like that. You know, but I mean, th- th- this is scary. Yeah. This is like I feel I feel violated. <laughs> I feel yeah. you know, and this and and I don't know if most parents out there know about this type of stuff. I don't. I I'm learning a whole bunch today yeah. that I didn't know. Yeah. Good. And, it's uh, yes. I I do want to move on because we we are running out of time. I want to move on to gaming. Because, sure. you know, gaming for me, I, I hate to so date myself, but I, I didn't know gaming had evolved beyond, you know, Atari, Donkey Kong. I knew it had. I'm not, I'm not oh, babe, crazy. Babe. No, I'm not crazy. But what I didn't understand is the amount of um, um, interactive gameplay there is with yes. communities of people that you oh, do yes. not know. It's funny. There's a, a radio... <laughs> DJ uh, Kiss FM JC says that um, he play he has a group of friends, little kids, little boys <laughs> that he plays with online, and they they tease him. They're like, "Do do they know how old you are?" And they don't. <laughs> and his wife will walk in the room, and he, and they're like, "Is your mom telling you you have to get off?" <laughs> so, but and he's not doing anything, you know, crazy. But right. no, I understand. but I want you to talk about the the risks and the dangers of gaming and how we can kind of shore up that area because it's not going away yeah it it, it kind of really goes back to some of the things i've been saying about the parental controls it's uh maybe restricting the content that they can get to a lot of uh younger kids like these more mature games and if a parent is setting up these accounts for the games you know what what birth year are they putting in Mm-hmm. Um, so that they can get access to these games, because a lot of times they'll be restricted if they don't have uh, the, the the adult age birth year, or at least an older sort of uh, more mature year, maybe not even an adult 16, 17, or what have you. So, you know, what year are you putting in? And then that's going to determine to some degree what act, type of access your child has to these various games. And what that means is they get into certain uh, spaces with older people, more mature people, and not that those people couldn't come into the younger sort of gaming area, but they're putting themselves out there then, and the parent is kind of enabling that. So, you know, we we really need to be careful about that in the communities that we do allow the, our children and teenagers really to go into, uh, and then to be cognizant, because again, back to people sort of uh, know catfishing is sort of a dating term, but it also goes back to those people who don't exist, deep fakes, made up people, um, people who are presenting themselves as much, much younger, younger to become friends uh, with these children for, you know, purposes of grooming, you know, and, and grooming just like, just like we know it in the physical world and uh, how, you know, an adult or an older person will take up time with the younger child and, and just begin to gain that trust and build that relationship. And then when it's time for them to execute on their plan, they'll do that. Uh, And the same sorts of things will happen online as well. So again, uh, being aware of where your child goes virtually, 
uh, is very important, knowing what type of access they have, knowing what type of permissions have been enabled uh, on those gaming devices will be important. Um, and do sort of a risk assessment before you download the games. Uh, by that, I mean, you know, look for information. Who developed the app? Uh, there's typically a name there associated with that who the with that particular app in the app stores, one of the app stores uh, that you're looking at. And then you can do a quick search on that person to kind of see, understand what you can find out about them, uh, where, what what type of history do they have? Is there any history? Hmm. Um, that might give you some insight too as to whether or not you know how they're thinking about things, their mindset. And whether or not you want your child exposed to that type of environment. Oh, that's so um, good. Yeah. That right there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, I didn't mean to. I'm, I'm cutting you <laughs> off. I didn't. I didn't want you to stop. I was just saying, oh. just stop, pause and, and think about that. Like, who is this person? This behind right. you know who's who's this gamer or this uh, game developer? And uh, do you feel like that's the kind of person you want your kid to be friends with, basically, and to learn from? Because that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but even some of these games that seem so harmless, I've seen, you know, games where, you know, little teddy bears are jumping over bricks and over walls and they're rolling and it looks so fun. But then you also have these people, you, you've seen those games and they're narrating in the corner, younger people typically, and they're just cursing up a storm. Oh, are you, you know, talking about YouTube videos of the games? Most times they are YouTube videos. Okay. Yes, yes, exactly right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're using such vulgar language. Right. And, you know, you just have, we have to be careful because what it looks like on the surface may not really be what it is. Oh, and yeah. we're giving that to our children. And then, you know, wrong word slips out or something. And we're like, where'd you get that from? Right. And <laughs> so that that absolutely to happened to us when our kids were younger. We, uh -huh. One of our kids was uh, um, obsessed with Thomas. And gosh, yeah. we were so even those, more naive then. Those homegrown Thomas videos. Exactly. Those Boot, called, those bootleg, bootleg Thomas, Thomas videos. <laughs> and we <laughs> had it. Thank God we had it over on the car. It was on the car speaker. And so oh, we could yeah. hear it and he just started cussing, but it was just like a right. Thomas it's video Thomas that they over, they dubbed over. Cussing That's Thomas, right. Really? Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. So another area that I know is getting more and more popular is these, you know, home devices like Alexa, um, there's Apple at home now and those things. Um, you know, she's going to say she doesn't have those, right? I'm sure she is. Right. Yeah. Cause, she's uh, cause I'm, 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 I will say, something to my children about this you know go in the freezer grab some ice cream then all of a sudden like would you like some here's some selections for some ice cream <laughs> what like i feel like i'm being spied upon by alexa like i'll just say where well, i'm not even talking to her and then she just chimes in Oh, uh oh, I can see your face. And All can, right. Let me just say, Give you're, you're about to, I know you're about to hurt my feelings. Light I us do, up. I do love Alexa so much. <laughs> I really love Alexa. Oh, but tell us the why. truth. Tell us the truth. But you don't have Alexa, do you? I was, I won, I actually won one at an event once. And I knew of a person who would appreciate it more than, than I would. So I gave it as a gift. They loved it. They wanted it. They thanked me. But no, I don't have any. <laughs> but, but, you know. Enough but, said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's ladies and gentlemen, thank you for the show today. Um. <laughs> right, it, it, it's just 
it's just how I live. But but what doesn't work for me could definitely work for another person. So I, I won't put it down. I just don't want one in my home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they sit and they and, and and you know you have one. So they sit and they listen mm-hmm. for that weak word. Mm-hmm. And um, and when they get it, whatever you know, I'll stay vendor agnostic or what have you. But <laughs> um, but when they hear that word, they wake up, they perk up. And then they can start recording. Mm-hmm. Um, do those recordings stay within the confines of your home? Not necessarily. There are people on the back end who can have access to that information. So depending on what you're discussing, um, they could have access to that information. And I, personally, I'm just not comfortable. Not that I'm over here doing anything. It's just I want my personal space to be my personal space to the extent possible. Um, I just, I, I, anything connected to the internet with microphone and camera has the same potential. We have smart TVs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They can record, they can see, they can, they can can do some of those same sorts of things. (laughs) Uh, we do have those, uh, remote controls, right. That we can speak into and the TV will wake up and turn off and turn channels and, we're not exempt. I, I'd like to try to cut down on some of it, but it's the world that, that we live in. We're not going to have the analog television anymore. It's, it's you know, we're in a different time. Um, but but for those sorts of devices, they work for people. And, and I just, you know, I, I think about the internet of things, IoT. And that's uh, where, it, for, for, but for the parents that don't know that, that's where devices are connected throughout the internet. I I don't know that my refrigerator needs to talk to my toaster, you know, Mm -hmm. and I need to have that hooked up to my cell phone. It's too much access for me. Uh, And so, you know, I'm, I'm reasonable. I don't just turn everything off. I'm not living off the grid over here. Trust (laughs) me. I got five (laughs) monitors right now, but um, I'm not living off the grid, but I just try to cut down on some of that where possible. Um, IOT, Internet of Things, that interconnectivity you've got on your your phone, probably you can control your lights, your temperature in your home, um, your door locks, you know, all of that. And so, you know, nothing wrong with that. These are great advancements. I just, uh, where things are so interconnected, as from a risk management perspective, I just wonder, you know, sometimes if there's a vulnerability in one device somewhere, mm. what that could mean, you know, for that 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 interwoven fabric of devices, mm. um, baby monitors, you know, as an example, uh, connected to the internet camera. Um, I, I'm not saying don't use them. I'm a mom. I'm a grandma. Um, you know, I, I think they're good for their 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 intent. Uh, I think they're very good, uh, but I, I don't know that they need to be connected to the internet 24-7. Maybe they only need to be connected when you need them connected, right? So just thinking through some of how we use this access and the access that we give away, the access and the permission. Access is, you know, opening your front door. So opening and inviting people into our our, our cyberspace and then that permission, what actually can they do? Um, when we're talking about applications, uh, reading, writing, deleting, um, things like that. So the permissions that we give the device uh, along with the access, we just kind of have to be cognizant of uh, what we're doing there. 
Mm. You know, while you're talking, I was thinking that, you know, that could be the next attack on our world because everything is so interconnected and when you said they can just grab well i'm i'm not the first person to say or think about this but you know where you know if they get into this one vulnerable device then they wipe you out and you're back to 1985 (laughs) you know that sounds like a movie that's what i was saying right yeah yeah what were you gonna say dave oh what about syncing devices like you have, like for example, Google on your laptop and Google on your, you know, I, I mean, just whatever, whatever it is, like the syncing of, of devices, so that you can go easily between across devices. I'm assuming you don't do that either, huh? No, I do. I oh, do. You do. Oh, okay, okay, hey. okay, yay! <laughs> Finally, one thing. Uh, why, 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 why do you do that? Um, just it's the convenience and I'm on the move a lot and um, I do a lot of different things and so I need that that access but I also uh, am careful though to make sure you know that I'm using things like a virtual private network or the VPN that basically encrypts data before it goes over the wire and gets decrypted on the other end Um, So, you know, have firewall and antivirus, uh, you know, certain basic protections in place on these devices that are interconnected. Um, I'm just, I do my part where I can enable any security features that I can. Um, Yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with doing that um, because that is on my network. I am able to control the security not control, let me restate that, I'm able to at least kind of oversee the the security features that are there uh, to the extent possible. And what I mean by that is, again, threats are always evolving. They're always trending. So the latest uh, antivirus or in whatever security feature I've put on my devices, hopefully they're current uh, and that someone else out there hasn't developed something else that's just going to walk right around it. And that's for really any of us. But I do it for convenience. Um, I need it uh, to be able to move between devices very uh, seamlessly. I have two quick questions before we go because we're running over here. Um, Sure. But they kind of go a little bit hand in hand. So these apps or websites that hold a bunch of information, like their filing systems like Dropbox and Evernote and Google Drive, are those safe? And I know some people keep um, sensitive information on there. So um, what should we know about that? I would say that those sites are great for their intended purpose. There are collaboration sites. They're really used for more than typically more than one person file sharing and so forth or storage uh, where you can invite others in. Um, So that in and of itself will will kind of say that it, you're not alone. <laughs> so when you're putting personal information out there, it could be easily accessible. Mm. Um, so I would say that all of these organizations, I'm sure, have enabled security features. Um, but again, if you're putting, uh, I don't know if they would advise you to put personal and sensitive information on those sites, mm-hmm. especially where you've given access. And a lot of times, once we finish the project, uh, we've, you know, given that access, we walk away, we're done. Well, someone may still have that access and you may forget uh, because it's over and done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so whereas they still have access. Mm-hmm. And again, a lot of times these aren't just family members that we're collaborating with. These right. are people that could be around the world anywhere. And so it could be some time later and 
And if your personal information is out there, it, it's not secure in that sense. Right. So I would, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't put personal sim- sensitive information on a site that's meant to be collaborative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then along those lines, because, you know, I know our district uses Google Drive a lot. And, you know, I think kids aren't really thinking about the stuff that they put. Maybe they have a file with all their passwords in it or something like that. So yeah. I was yeah. in doing research for the show. I was read something about how kids, um, kids identity is stolen. So uh-huh. is that something we should be ch- checking into? It never even occurred to me that somebody could take my kids social, but of course they can. So is that something we should be checking? Like I check my own to make sure that, you know, my credit report is okay, but what yeah. should we do about our kids? Yes, ma'am. I've had identity protection for my youngest daughter since she was probably eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yep, I pay that monthly fee. I think it's, I think it's worth it. Uh, it's not really a matter of when, if we're ever going to, our identity is ever going to be stolen. It's just a matter of when, really, mm-hmm. because we are not in control of our data. You know, we can try and protect our private information, but we're also consumers, right? So a lot of different organizations and companies have our information, and we don't know how they're protecting it or not. Uh, we don't know if they're using third parties and fourth parties who are using fifth parties. We don't know where our data is. We can't really cleanly map it. So their credit is clean. And so it's very, very attractive. Mm-hmm. And what I have been told is their their credit and their identity is definitely worth more than ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, you know, we're a little more established. We may have acquired a, you know, a few different things, but they're, they have longevity. Uh, with their credit history, with their identity, and their identities can be sold over and over and over and over again. Uh, And so whereas we, uh, as adults, we're going to have some of those protections in place, especially if we have, if our information has been stolen, connected to another, say any store, and we've been notified, they're going to offer monitoring, you know, free credit monitoring protection, and we might even get some other identity protection. So we're going to have a few more alerts in place, right. but our children, Nothing. we're probably not going to know anything until they're 16, 17, you know, ready to drive or get a car or, or what have you, when they're ready to use their own social security number uh, for, you know, college or, or what have you. Uh, so that cyber criminal, that identity uh, thief has a long time to use mm. that history to build. Before uh, we to, even to notice. Use, yeah, that identity to build and live very well. And when they're tired of that, they can sell it and someone else because nobody's watching it. Nobody's minding the store on our kids' identities. Uh, so and your 12-year-old I, I, has a house in Cabo. <laughs> <laughs> You got to reclaim that house. It's <laughs> <laughs> right. your child's identity. I want it. Oh my god! No, but but nobody's minding the store of the children's identities the way we are as adults minding our own and others uh, as consumers. They uh, companies and 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 organizations have uh, a responsibility to take care of our personal health, financial sensitive information. Uh, and so, again, back to the alerting, back to uh, some some level of care and due diligence there. We don't necessarily have that with our children. Mm-mm-mm. 
Right. Let me just so tell we, you. Yeah, we can tell them not to share it. We can tell others not to share it. Uh, you know, and then we can um, hopefully put the right protections in place where we aren't oversharing and we do have some sort of alerting put in place. Yeah. You know, this was so good. We're not obviously going to live as locked down as risk strategists. But what what this episode, I believe, is doing is making you think, you sure know, make you think before you do the things that we have normally really yes. taken for granted. Yes, so well, I, I think that that's that this has been very helpful information for me. You need your own podcast. I need my own podcast. Oh, for real? I mean, each one oh, of these topics could probably be their own episode. In the, in oh, my gosh. Oh, can you tell really, really quick about your books? Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. About, oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. So I I wanted to start at a younger age of getting children more involved in cybersecurity and technology. And again, as a risk manager, risk strategist, I thought a great place would be to start would be at the foundational level to talk to them about managing risk. And so here are my characters that Caitlin talked about in my introduction. That is Cyber Kai, that is Techie Guy. And this one is the managing the risk of being online. And so with my books, I introduce words, uh, I use real world terms that we use at work, and I want them to know, for example, technology, they hear about it, but do they know what it means? We need to book. Um, and so. so, yeah, and so in the end, I know schools have sight words uh, that the kids will learn on site what they mean. So I also have my site word, cyber wow, IT for site. Oh, uh, and so I have sort of flashcards that I make with each of the books um, for the words that I introduce. I also introduce at least one career connected to the subject of what I'm talking about in the book. Since this one is about risk, of course, I talk about being a risk manager. Um, compliment to that book. I also have a workbook and it's more of a fun kind of book with word searches and, you know, things. It's an activity book is what it is. Uh, and so I'm, I'm about to publish a book uh, on cyberbullying. I, I actually went last year to talk to kids, um, a kids club to talk about the book. They invited me. But the conversation kept going back to cyberbullying. Uh, after about the third time, I felt a pull, a tug that, you know, they wanted to talk about this. So I said, rather than me continuing my conversation, let me meet them where they are. And so I began to talk about cyberbullying and we, we explored it a bit. But uh, the takeaway for me for that from that was that kids really are intrigued and they need to know more about cyberbullying and they're experiencing it. So uh, I wanted to make that my next book and there will be a workbook as a compliment. And then I'll move on to passwords and things like that, but I'm developing series. This first series is called the safety and security series. And then I'll have other series because I want our kids to be safe, to be secure uh, at, while they're young, but I also wanna pique their interest again and. And, and, and maybe one day, you know, helping this pipeline of this leaky pipeline that we have of talent, especially uh, black, black talent, uh, because when you're in corporate America, you just, it's not prevalent. We are 3%, I think we may have moved it up to 6% of the management force when it comes to technology. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to help with that. And I wanted to start at a younger age, because I know a lot of times, you know, we'll say, turn off those games. You're always on that whatever device it is. Uh, and 
you know, but do we as parents and guardians stop to say, what is it about that game they like? Is it the graphics? Hmm, wonder what I, and I know he likes art. I know she likes art. So maybe you begin to shape that. Not that every child is going to go into IT and cyber and or cyberspace uh, with, the, with the careers, um, but, but, but maybe we can help. And, and one other reason I'm writing these books and trying to pique the interest, especially of Black children, is because, you know, the, the technology and cyber fields, I'm just going to say it, they do pay well. And a lot of those um, careers start at 100,000, you know, mm -hmm. coming in with 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 education will maybe a, a certification and such but it, you know they're starting at about a hundred thousand and i think you know that for a lot of kids not just black kids kids period you know they have the opportunity as they grow older to really change the direction in which the branches on their family tree grows how do we find those books uh the books the book is on amazon okay Perfect. Yeah, it's on Amazon, uh, Cyber Kai and Techie Guy. All right. Yeah, well, we will have, definitely have a link on our website. But thank you oh, so much. You. This was such good information. We really appreciate you spending time with us. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. I appreciate the time we spent together. Yes, we need more of you and more of what you're doing out there. So keep keep up the great work. And Thank I can see you're coming back on again for something oh, else. Oh, yeah. I know, mean, you, are, you will come back on Because we had again. other questions. We just totally ran out of time. So. <laughs> yes. All right. So... Noggin Educational Foundation is the premier sponsor of School Days, so we always want to let you guys know what's happening with Noggin. We're currently taking applications for two of our programs. Noggin offers 12 hours of free private tutoring to students through our educational coaching program. And through our ARD advocacy program, parents receive support in securing services and accommodations for their kids that they need at school for learning disabilities and special needs. With the closure of schools and distance learning, the education gap for low-income students has widened, and the one-on-one -on -one intervention we provide is vital. So see our website, nogginfoundation.org, or email me at donita, D-O-N-E-D-A, at nogginfoundation.org for more details. And in two weeks, on February 9th, we'll be back with our guest, um, a friend of the show, Rondi Allen. She was on our, I think, third episode, but she's the owner of the Rondi Allen School of Music. And Michael Scott is founder of Basic Studios in Houston, Texas. And they'll share with us about how music education can benefit students academically. So don't forget to tell your parents, friends about that one. So remember, you don't ever have to miss a show. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora. Amazon Music, and pretty much anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Noggin Foundation. That's N-O-G-G-I-N. And last but always not least, David and I always want to end the show by saying that we are parenting by grace. We depend on God to give us the strength that we need to uh, lead our kids into being flourishing adults. And if you'd like to know more about that, please feel free to email me at schooldaysshow.com or at info at schooldaysshow.com. Have a great week and stay safe. School Dazed is sponsored by Noggin Educational Foundation. At Noggin, we provide free educational resources to students from low-income families and support to their parents like the preceding broadcast. School Days is made possible by the generosity of listeners just like you. Please consider donating to Noggin at Noggin, 
N-O-G-G-I-N foundation.org.